And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. And we're going to move on to the what didn't work portion of the program. Then we're going to wrap it up with some trade deadline talk. But the first thing that didn't work for the Saints this week was their digestion. It was bad. Facts. Yeah. Uh, if you want to go with Alvin Kamara's description, it was a quote unquote shit bug, which is gross. Um, he didn't have it. He, he actually was sick, but he was sick with something else, which lucky for him because it sounded miserable. Uh, when we got into the locker room after the game, there was like a row of IVs. Like there's like four people just sitting there getting IVs because they're replenishing fluids because, you know, when you're dealing with digestive issues and you're dehydrated, it's miserable. I mean, like I that's got to be so like it's hard enough to play through the flu, but you can like take some medicine and kick the fever down and, and go. Man, when you're dealing with stomach stuff, that's just debilitating. And we talked to Mike Thomas about it. He started feeling it like late Friday night, all Saturday, the entire trip up there. Just bad. Um, like he said, he had there was no chance he wasn't going to play. Like he's, he, he, like he's missed enough games in his career. He's not missing any more games without serious injury. Like he's not missing because he's sick. And so it was just a question of how effective could he be? And you got him involved early. I think probably got to him as the game went on. You didn't see him really make an impact in the second half. But, uh, you know, there was a, I think Dennis Allen said there was probably 10 to 12 players who were dealing with that. Um, and so, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have known it uh, based on how they performed. So good on them. Is that from the cafeteria getting an F in the players association rankings? I don't know. It was not food poisoning. No, okay. this was a no. This was a a bug. It was a virus of some kind. Just a GI. Yeah, I, I, I laughed when Alvin said no. I had something totally different. He's like, no, no, no. I didn't. I didn't have the diarrhea issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. He wanted to make that very clear. Like, nah, right. I, I, I'm too cool for that. He had some some respiratory, like probably had a cold or something. But man, even when that injury report came out late on what was that? I guess Saturday about Mike Thomas being questionable. I think you knew, I knew. It's like Mike's going to find a way to to play in the game. Oh yeah, he there was zero percent chance that he wasn't going to at least suit up and try to get out there. It was just a question of, you know, you have to run to the bathroom in the middle of the game. Like that, that's tough, right? When uh, you're getting, you know, the, the whole, yeah. Anyway, we don't need to talk too much about gastrointestinal problems, but you know, I just think it was. It's a you know. You call it a bonding experience for this team. Hey, sure, uh, whatever you want to do, right? Excuse, right? Right. They all went through it together. Well, they could, they could have easily used that as an excuse and said, "Well, we played poorly. Everyone I was, had the shits." You know, yeah, <laughs> they had they had us wearing white pants. We had to be careful. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> of all the days to be wearing the white pants. Right there, you go. I'll just roll Paul around. Pierce, but never. There's no um, button in the stadium. Anyway, never mind. Okay. So let's let's move on to the to the most obvious. What didn't work, and it's Chris Olave. We 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 talked about it in the first segment. He just he just doesn't look confident right now. And you know, I I you could say okay, he had a really rough week. He got arrested on Monday. He's coming off a game where he got screamed at by his quarterback, and everyone has been has been look has been constantly talking about it. Was he running his routes full speed? Is he loafing? Um, you know, he hasn't had the production. I mean, he is leading the team in catches and yards, but he hasn't really had that any had that huge game that you kind of would expect um, to really just just to kind of elevate his name beyond the, you know, like like he's having a good season, but he's not having a great season. Exactly. And I think he expected right. a lot more in this game. That there was that there was a deep shot. I think it was the first drive of the game that Derek went to him. And for to Derek's credit, he keeps throwing to him. He led right. the team in targets in this game. 
but Derek put it out there and I think he, you know, I think he was trying, I think he underthrew it a little bit and Derek, I mean, and Chris was probably looking to catch it in stride, but the ball kind of landed next to him. And it sure looked to me like if he had got his head around and located the ball, he could have made an attempt at it. I don't know if he catches it. That's a tough adjustment to make, but he didn't look like he tried. It didn't look like he saw the ball. Right. And that's not good. Like, is it because you're wearing the mask or, or the, the visor? And I don't know. That was weird too. Uh, Rashid was, was started the game wearing one, but he took his off. So I do wonder if it was maybe messing with his version a little bit. Either way, later in the first half, he had a ball. He caught. It was a nice play. It was a nice catch. He caught it 15 yards. No one was around him. He, all, all he had to do was put his foot in the ground and turn up field. And you're probably talking 10, 15 more yards. Makes a guy maybe scores. He just ran out of bounds. Like he was trying to save clock or something. Oh, you want to see the Cajun Cannon erupt? That was definitely a play. He lost his mind. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, you got 15 yards. That's a, like it, It'll go in the step book as a good play, but it's like, that should have been 20, 25, 30. It's just weird. <laughs> late, late, obviously, we talked about the one where he, he – it was a great route. It was beautiful. It was just a little stop route, and then he took off by himself. Derek Carr threw a perfect ball, and we know that because it bounced directly off the crown of his helmet. Yeah. And like I could understand if it like hit it if it was high or it was coming in and it was literally just like he's lucky he didn't knock his visor into his face like he it, like if he didn't have a visor it might have got stuck um, I mean like you couldn't have put the ball in a better place and instead of a touchdown it's an incomplete pass and Derek misses him on the next play that one's on Derek I would say but still you know if you're a quarterback not every throw is going to be perfect then he threw. A- Perfect touchdown pass before. Anyway, uh, and then in the fourth quarter, there was kind of a weird play where you weren't in a position where going down, going out of bounds would have stopped the clock. He he caught the ball and he kind of slid down and gave himself up as if going out of bounds would have stopped the clock, but it wouldn't. And it's just like that type of like, do you not know the rules right now? Like, are you not aware? Like, it's just weird. He just seems like he's overthinking everything. And to his credit, he did have a really nice route catch on a third down to to help the Saints continue to ice the clock. He did have a couple really nice plays in that game. And so there, there was good there, but there's just too much. <laughs> what the hell are you thinking going on around the good? Um, I, I like how you're like, there is some good there. He's well, not no, all I mean, evil. Like, <laughs> he's in the league in catches. I mean, I'm sorry. He's in the team in catches and yards. Like, it's not like he's been completely like he's on the same pace he was last year. The the, the sad thing is, yeah, he's this is what he's doing right now. And but you, this is not the version of Chris Olave that we expected. And there's a better version of him, definitely still that needs to be brought out. I don't know where the head is right now. I, I don't even want to look too big onto the speeding incident because how many how many times you get pulled over for speeding? It's not that big of a deal. Um, obviously, it wasn't any kind of you know drugs, alcohol, weapons anything involved in, in in that just where he was on the field I'm, his, his Madden awareness is going down <laughs> yeah i don't know it, it's frustrating because you know how good he is like it's not that's not a right. mirage so i don't know why he's all if he's in his own head right now if he's got f- feelings about something I, I don't know what it is with chris but he he definitely needs to snap out of it obviously this offense needs him and 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 those just couple of plays could have made a huge difference, obviously. Yeah, like the game was closer than it should have been. Like that drive should have been right. a touchdown. Instead, they punted. And yeah, I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit. I, you know, 
the Saints, one of the reasons they sat Trevor Penning down is because they saw him struggling. And one of the worst things that can happen for a young player is you struggle and you just things aren't working and you're not getting you're not seeing the improvement that you feel like you should. And then all of your confidence goes away and you're out there and you're just like playing with your head on fire and you don't seem to have any clue, like these basic things that you know what to do. Suddenly you're not doing them correctly. And so I, and I can actually understand like when it comes to Trevor and you decided to do that. And like, you know, I think that you feel like you have the players that you can, that you, you know, not having him out there, you won't suffer um, as he works in the background and you can say, okay, they benched him. They did. But at the end of the day, I understand why. Chris Olave is in that exact same place right now that 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 you were describing Trevor, right? Like if your reason for sitting Trevor down was that, then his compatriot from the 2022 draft probably deserves to get sat down too. And the reason you're not is because he is this uber talented player and you don't exactly have a replacement level player for Chris Olave. Like it's not like it's not that you can bring Andres Pete in at left tackle and feel like he can get the job done. I don't think you, there's anyone at wide receiver that you're bringing in and feeling like this is a comparable player. Like you got to get it to work. And so I asked, I did ask Dennis Allen where he feels like Chris Olave is right now. And, and this is what he had to say. I think he's in a good spot. I mean, you know, um, there's ups and downs with young players. I'm not worried about Chris Olave. I think he's going to be a big part of, you know, what we're able to do, uh, you know, hopefully successfully uh, as we go down the stretch here. So he's going to be a big part of our offense. Um, and uh, look, he made some big plays for us today. So, I mean, again, you know, he did make some nice catches. Like, there is good with the bad. It's not all bad. Um, but I think what you're hearing there is this team is going to stay committed to Chris, and I, you know, and I, I think that's the right approach because, again, you're not, you're not trading him, right? You know, we're going to talk about the trade deadline here in a second. Like, you're not trading Chris. You know, yeah, you're, I, don't you're think, I don't think it's anything where he's upset of where he is kind of thing right now. I just... I don't know if, yeah, there needs to be some kind of kumbaya moment with him, whatever it is. I think he's upset with himself. Like, I, I don't think that, like, Chris doesn't strike me as a guy who's, like, going to throw a temper tantrum in the locker room and say, like, oh, this is not, like, he knows that, like, he's not get, having the ball bounce off his helmet and blaming anyone but himself. But I do think he's in his own head. And so I think the right approach from the coaching staff is to, you know, just to protect confidence in the guy. Because you are going to need him. Like, that's what DA said I agree with, right? You are going to need him down the stretch of the season. You're going to need him to play better. So I think to, to me, it's like, can we get to the bye week without anything bad drastic happening, right? You got two more games and then you have time where you can kind of reset, get your head in the right place. And, you know, like to me, that's, that's where you're at right now with Chris is you got to figure it out the next two weeks and go from there. But yeah, it's it, of all, like a lot of things went right in this game. So you come out of it feeling good, but you did not see the turnaround from Chris that you were hoping to see that by any stretch. No. And just, you're, you're hoping that, you know, he can find whatever, some kind of happiness right now, because yeah, he doesn't seem to be a joy in football for him right now. Yeah. He seems like he's Eric Bledsoe. You know, he's like, he, he's like one, one bad day away from tweeting. He's like, I don't want to be here anymore, but it's really because I'm at a hair salon and or was he Milwaukee? I think Phoenix. I can't recall. You, you mentioned Olave. He did have those kind of questionable tweets when he was like, oh, they were just waiting for me to fail to pile it on me kind of deal. That was weird. He did delete that one. Right. He didn't, exactly. he didn't delete the other one, which was like, damn crazy world, <laughs> whatever. But like, I don't, I I don't blame him. Crazy world. If, I, if I was one of these athletes, I would constantly be tweeting at people being like, go, go, go to hell. 
Like, who who are you? Like, what Evan Neal said to the fans, I would be saying that all the time because it was like, who the hell are you? Leave me alone. Just watch the game. <laughs> um, That's but, right, yeah. You, but as an athlete, you got to be smarter than that, right? And you got to understand how to navigate that situation. And right now, he hasn't done a very good job of it. So hopefully, he can get better. Let's let's move on. We don't need to talk about him forever. But so there's a couple other things that didn't go well in this game. One of them was the run defense. And yeah, generally yeah. speaking, I think it was okay. But when you Not allow 80... Better. 82 yards on two carries, and that sets up 10 of their points. You can't do that. And, you know, that's part of the reason it's like you can't you can't get to the quarterback because you're allowing them to run the ball, right? Like one of the reasons you weren't getting any pressure is because they were running it for four or five yards on first down. They didn't, you never really got them into third and long. I had one person say there was a third and 18 play that they didn't – that they allowed to convert. And I was like, well, that's not really the pass rush. That's 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 a That's a – Drop eight and cover play. Like that's the <laughs> secondary. You know, you're not going after the quarterback because the word all the all they can do is beat you 20 yards downfield. You're gonna stand at the sticks and say nothing here. And they got it. They got 19 yards. Anyway, but so like to me, I'm more concerned, and I said this going in, and I still feel this way because Gardner Minshew had a solid game in terms of using his legs, is pressuring the quarterback is one thing. They haven't been able to get him to the ground. He's been able to extend plays. That touchdown, that crazy touchdown throw in the in the fourth quarter, the only which shouldn't have never. I should. I don't know how he got that ball through. You know, like that's where you get the get outside the pocket, right? If you can't stop the run and you can't contain the quarterback, you, you're not gonna be able to rush the passer. It's just how it works. And so I didn't think that went particularly well in this game. They did settle in, and that's something that this defense, I think, you know, there are worse things to be than a defense that gets better as the game goes on, right? Like, it's that seems to be a trend for this defense that those opener plays, those first 15, the scheduled plays, that they're a little more creative with their formations and they're doing some stuff, you know, those have been working. And that's a problem, but you, you got to fix that. But it's a good – you want to be the team that in the second half and you're able to adjust and you see what they're doing and suddenly you're locking down. Like, that's the team you want to be. Now you want to be good all four quarters. But I think that – while they have struggled in the first half of some of these games, I am encouraged by how this defense has responded to some of those struggles. Yeah, and, and to be fair, too, obviously you're facing a guy like Jonathan Taylor. And he, I mean, that, and a very good offensive line. Right, and just a hell of an, an impressive back that, you know, you don't – we don't see a lot of, obviously, in the NFC South or the NFC, I guess, in general. We're going to see Bijan. That's going to be interesting, assuming his headaches oh, go Oh, man, away. for sure, right. We haven't even seen Bijan this year up close. Yeah. The other the other thing that that I wanted that I pointed out in my three down column because I was kind of reaching for some things to complain about is Dennis Allen's challenges. He's zero for three this year. He has not got a single challenge correct. This one is tough because Josh Downs made that kind of crazy catch on the sideline. They rush up to the line. They're clearly not sure. I would have guessed watching it live, like no way does he get his foot in. But he did. He got his he got his feet in. But zero for three. He was four and zero last year. You know, coaching challenges don't matter nearly as much as they used to now that you review all turnovers and scoring plays. Um, but, you know, when you when you miss a challenge like that early in the game, that does affect things because there was a play late in the first half that you probably kind of kind of wanted to challenge just because it felt like something that, you know, but they didn't. And it's like, well, because you can't, if you use your second challenge and get it wrong here, it's like it, it eliminates your ability to kind of go out on a limb because losing that first challenge is basically like losing two challenges. So, I don't know. Uh, it, I, I, it's not really a complaint. It's more just a note than anything else. Like, there has not been 
any successful coaching challenges this year. Although the Saints did get one of the most impactful call overturns I've ever seen in you go from an interception with a with a one score lead to a 44 yard bomb <laughs> deep into Jaguars territory on that catch by Rashid, um, which I saw it live and I was like, how how did he not get his hands on that ball first? And then you saw the replay and it's like, yeah, okay, that is what happened. And so it's nice to see the refs at least admit they screwed up. But yeah, a, a thing you know, two in the the down column for me, and you want to talk about nitpicking stuff. I, I think Alante Taylor's been struggling a bit, and I'm, you know, I don't want to say where his head's at, but I'm just wondering how he's doing in his mind adjusting to to that new role he has with his team. Just because there's there's moments that you know he's all right, but there's been too many times that you you've seen him struggling uh, playing the slot. I I think he gets lost at times, like especially when they're when they're dropping into zone and and he's just kind of covering grass. You know that, that happened a few times. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I'd have to go back and look at the film and and kind of get a good idea of like what it's tough to gauge how a defensive back is playing um, in the middle of the field because you're constantly you know you're looking at the edges and you that's not yeah anyway. Uh, so I, yeah, I don't know. It, it's possible, like, but I can't I can't make heads or tails of it. Uh, but yeah, yeah. like you were saying, there's not there's not much down to talk about in the game. No, no, I think they played pretty well. You know, and it's, it's nice to come out of a game not complaining about everything and every, every anything that's happened. Um, but the, all right, the, this easy, segment, the, easy, the easy thing definitely to do is to pile on Olave just because everything else seemed to be working on offense, and so it's like, why couldn't you have it together as well? So, yes, hundred percent. You know, um, just, it's easy to pile on them. All right, this segment went long, so instead of throwing trade deadline talk at the end of this one, we're going to go to break and we're going to come back and we're going to kind of work that into the trade deadline mailbag, which I assume there are a bunch of trade deadline questions in there. I don't know. I haven't looked yet. But we're going to come back and we're going to get into more of the nitty-gritty of, like, what's what's realistic for the trade deadline? What could the Saints be looking at? Will they make a trade? Probably not. And, uh, and yeah, we'll talk a lot more about that. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. We will be... Right back. 